Hello, and welcome to Nixa Talk, the podcast where financial industry thought leaders share their stories, expertise, and lessons they learned along the way. Nixa is a not-for-profit trade association connecting people across the financial industry to advance leading practices. I'm Nixa's Justine Phoenix, and today I'm excited to welcome Kevin Mon, President and Chief Investment Officer of Henyon and Walsh Asset Management. Welcome, Kevin. Well, thank you, Justine. Thanks for having me on. I'm so proud to be a part of Nixa and to be a member of the board of directors of this terrific industry organization. So I look forward to imparting any knowledge that I might have to our listeners today. I'm sure you will. And uh, and we thank you on behalf of Nixa for your, your dedication and your leadership. Um, hey, we've got a lot of questions for you today, but before we get started, maybe tell us a little bit about what your professional role is at Henny & Walsh as President and Chief Investment Officer. Certainly. I'm the President and CIO of Henny & Walsh Asset Management. I'm also fortunate to be the President and CIO of Smart Trust Unit Investment Trust as well which brings me to the alliance uh, with Nixa overall. For those not familiar with the UIT, a unit investment trust is very similar to other 1940 Act products, such as mutual funds or exchange-traded funds, with the primary difference for a UIT being UITs have a defined life, each series being between 15 months and 24 months long generally, and the portfolios remain static over the life of those trusts. So that's just one component of what I do managing those 26 different portfolio strategies. On the other side of the fence, if you will, I'm the president CEO of Henyon & Walsh uh, Asset Management. Henyon & Walsh has been in business since 1990, uh, primarily as an advocate for individual investors, focusing in on fixed income investments, notably municipal bonds, but also with an ever-growing asset management division, which I happen to lead uh, as well, which focuses on providing fee-based money management, uh, estate planning, insurance management, and also estate planning coordination and financial planning. So I wear a number of different hats here. Fortunately, those hats cover up my gray hair because I've now been in the industry, Justine. This will mark my 30th year on Wall Street. <laughs> one of our most active committees is the UIT committee, which yes. you were one of the founders and leaders on that committee, and they are still very active and engaged. So let's start with our 10-second yeah. challenge. Just describe what you love about this industry in 10 seconds. I love the ability to help individuals who can't help themselves and don't understand the complex world of investment management. Well done and well said. I love that. You know, what's always interesting is, I mean, we talked a little bit about what you do at Henyon & Walsh, but how did you wind up in this industry? Was it sort of a traditional career path or was it something that happened along the way that got you involved in, in this industry? It's a great question. I'm going to go all the way back to high school, mm -hmm. Justine. At that point in time, believe it or not, I thought I wanted to be an architect. Then I realized that I can't draw. I have a tough time drawing stick figures. So I moved beyond architecture, uh, did my undergraduate work at Muhlenberg College, and still didn't really find ultimately what I wanted to do for a career path, if you will. I got my degree in business administration, and I was fortunate to then move directly into getting my MBA at Fairleigh Dickinson University, having a graduate uh, business fellowship there, and getting exposed to investments. Of course, I read the book Flyers Poker by Mike yeah. Lewis, uh, and I was drawn into the competitive nature of Wall Street, working with numbers, which I'm fascinated by numbers. I'm a quant at heart, 
Uh, so I knew I wanted to at least start my career in Wall Street, absorb as much as I could, and then figure out what was the right path for me on Wall Street. Because there's so many different roads that one can travel down in terms of forming a career on Wall Street, where they want to be in operations, where they want to be in compliance, portfolio management, sales, and now there's so many different roles. So for me, that's why I started at Lehman Brothers in a management training program. And I was fortunate to get rotated amongst a variety of different desks at Lehman Brothers, ultimately landing on the derivatives desk and then later moving into wealth management. And I was there, Justine, for 11 years, uh, leaving there as a senior vice president and the COO of Lehman Brothers Bank. So you're sort of an architect of financial products, maybe. You have the architect Absolutely. background Absolutely. kind of. <laughs> yeah. Tell us something that helped sort of shape your career. The most defining moment for me, of course, was 9-11. I was in the, the towers on 9-11 working for Lehman Brothers at that time. You know, after the second plane did hit, uh, that's when we traversed down the, the 24 uh, flights of stairs to the, the bottom of the World Financial Center, the tallest tower still standing there, actually, and came up on the streets, was very fortunate to make my way over to a ferry, get across the water uh, into New Jersey, and, and I was safe uh, that day. That was the last day I ever went into that office, uh, believe it or not. Uh, and that started to reshape uh, my outlook, not only on life, but uh, on what I wanted to do in this industry as a whole. Uh, after that point in time, Justine, I was moved into Midtown Manhattan. And here's the epiphany moment. Uh, one day I came into my office. It was at the Citibank building at 399 Park Building. And there was an army tank. Yep, an army tank parked outside the entrances to our offices that day. Uh, because there was a uh, credible, I guess, terrorist threat on that building as well after 9-11. Uh, went through the metal detectors that day, got up to my office, and my uh, assistant told me, you can't go into your office just yet. They're installing the bulletproof glass today. And I was like, whoa, this just gave me a, a whole different perspective on where I was. I was getting up at 5 in the morning, taking the train from New Jersey into New York City, not getting home to seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night. I had two young daughters at that time and I wanted to be more a part of their lives. And I was very, very fortunate to find uh, and meet one of the partners of Henyon and Walsh at an event uh, in my hometown in New Jersey. One thing led to another and I said, hey, you know what? I wanna take everything that I was fortunate to learn at Lehman Brothers and help individual investors in at a firm like Kenyon and Walsh in New Jersey, where my commute went from one hours and 45 minutes to about 10 minutes uh, each way. And that just gave me the opportunity to, to have dinner with my family at night, coach all of my girls, uh, teams growing up. And it really gave me a nice balance in life. Because if you don't have that balance, you're not going to be truly happy and you're not going to be able to help others. And your career path is going to be very disjointed. Oh, Kevin, that's a, that's an unbelievable story. And and I'm so glad that it worked out for you because it certainly has. That's great. That's it great. Certainly has. Thank you. Yeah. How do you navigate through the challenges? I think you have to accept every challenge as an opportunity, right? The nice thing about what we all do in financial services is that nothing stays the same. There's constantly challenges or changes thrown at us each and every day whether it's the Federal Reserve raising interest rates by 75 basis points instead of 50 basis points, whether there's a new regulation that's coming into play, whether there's a new piece of financial technology that you need to implement into your tech stack, 
nothing stays the same. And the more you're resistant to those changes, the less you're going to be able to grow. So I've always taken on the philosophy that absorb everything around you, accept the changes that are coming at you, and use those as an opportunity to really help grow your business and grow your own personal career as well. You know, there's a saying from Ronald Reagan, and I, you can't see it in my office behind, but it's a, it's a loose site that I have uh, on my ledge here right behind me on the windowsill. And Ronald Reagan once said, there's no limit to what a man or woman can accomplish if he doesn't mind who gets the credit. And I think at the end of the day, if you truly believe that you're doing right by your customer and you're doing the right thing overall, it really shouldn't matter who gets the credit for that decision or that product strategy or that performance record, because internally you're going to know that you made a difference. And that's so empowering and it helps you get up each morning and come into the office and accept that new challenge each and every day because you know that you've had an impact. You may have another impact on the next day because you don't know what what life or this industry is going to throw at you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about um, your predictions on, and this might be a little bit too long, but maybe we'll we'll, we'll do short, long term. I mean, okay. As, okay. as you just said, you never know, right? And the question yeah. that we have is, you know, where does the industry, where do you see the industry going in the next five to 10 years? You may want to shorten that up a little bit, but kind of maybe your reflections on where you see our industry going. Yeah, Justine, our overall theme this year at Henyon & Walsh for the markets is better days ahead. It's, we would certainly hope that would be the case coming off of 2022. But I think that overall better days ahead also applies not just to the market outlook, but also the outlook for our industry. And I believe that over the course of the next five years, you're going to see more and more individual customization and personalization with respect to the way we manage money on behalf of our clients, whether that be an institutional client or a retail client. We've we've seen advancements in areas such as direct indices, the proliferation of exchange-traded funds, alternative investment products, even the types of product strategies that we weave into a UIT strategy here at SmartTrust continues to evolve. And that's evolving because our clients are asking us to make those changes. So we always have to keep listening to our clients in terms of what they want and deliver upon what they want in a very efficient and cost-effective manner. So I think you're going to continue to see prices and fees compress. You're going to continue to see more customization of product strategies and more ability for those end clients to see and appreciate how their portfolio is doing and how they can make changes to their overall financial picture, whether that be through a financial plan, an estate plan, an insurance plan, cash management activities, or even their portfolio. So I, I, I do truly believe there are better days ahead for our industry as we continue to evolve, as we continue to become more diverse, and as we continue to cater to the needs of our clients. Better days ahead. I love that. Yeah. Can I just one question uh, on what you said? It's So you say fee compression, but customization. That sounds like yeah. those two sort of are you know, against each other, right? Because customization can be an expensive proposition. Is there is it sort of the the technology that's allowing us to provide more customization at a lower cost than it would have been a couple of years ago? Without a doubt. We have so many tools now that allow us to customize portfolio strategies for our end clients, but still make them scalable enough that we can offer mm-hmm. them in a cost-effective manner. 
Obviously, this isn't a race to zero in terms of fees. Wall Street isn't a not-for-profit industry. But at the end of the day, we do need to make those fees attractive for our end clients to help them meet their longer-term financial goals. So I think technology is the means to do that. But it's also being able to take a step back and rethink the way that we deliver our products, our strategies, and our services to our clients to see if there is, in fact, a better way to harness technology and also to build out those strategies, perhaps not be as complicated as we once were to meet our end goals. Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay, I'm going to wrap up with a final question. One piece of advice to your younger self, what advice would you give? If I had to just give one piece of advice, coming out of college for a new entrance to our industries, I would suggest that they don't necessarily think that their first job is going to be their last job. Don't necessarily think you need to define your career path at the age of 21. I've had these same conversations with my daughters, one who's a senior at UConn right now, one who just entered the workforce out of Seton Hall University. They still think that they need to find their ultimate job and know their career today. And that's not necessarily the case. You're going to meet so many people in your career. You're going to get exposed to so many different topics and areas throughout your career that you can navigate your career over many, many different years. I've done it over 30 years right now myself, that it doesn't necessarily have to be known from day one. And then the second thing that ties into that is find a good mentor that you can lean on who's been in the industry that you've chosen to build your career on and leverage upon their experience and their advice that they've had over the course of their career. They might be able to point you in some right directions or give you some information that you weren't even aware of that can help you better find your own comfort zone and give you that balance in your work life that's going to make you truly happy. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, One more question. Yeah. How can our listeners follow you on social media? Where's a good place to follow you so we can learn more and listen to more of your insight? Certainly. So I'm uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Most of my uh, media appearances do uh, get posted on LinkedIn. You can follow me on Twitter at KMONHW, at K-M-H-N-H-W, or you can even go to the Henyon Walsh website or the Smart Trust UIT website. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kevin Mon. We just really appreciated talking to you today. It has been a pleasure. Thanks again for having me, Justin. Thank you. Our listeners can connect with me and the rest of the Nixa team at linkedin.com forward slash Nixa. Please send us feedback on what you found useful, how we can improve, and recommendations for future guests. And subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app so you won't miss upcoming episodes. Visit nixa.org to learn how you can join or get more involved if you're already a member. You've been listening to Nixa Talk. Nixa is a trade association connecting the global asset management community. Please note the Nixa Talk podcast is the sole property of Nixa. The content of the podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute advice or services. Guests' opinions and statements are their own and do not represent the organizations with which they are associated. Parties may not reproduce these podcasts in any form without the express written consent of Nixa. 